and welcome to Dudes with Beers podcast, episode 39. I'm Darren. Joining me are my co-host, I am Matt. Oh, I am Joe. And he is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> are you Groot? Groot, I am Groot. Uh, the video version of this podcast can be found on Facebook and YouTube. An audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Please visit dwbshow.com. For all links. Do the next part, Matt. Come on. Do it, Matt. Do it. Do where it. was that energy at before he hit the button to record? <laughs> on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, where was that at? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, on today's show, we'll be discussing the Ford EV charging cable patent, the first Tesla Model Y is spotted at Giga Factory, Texas, South Fork Offshore Wind Farm in New York. Yamaha EMF electric scooter, Thor electric concept RVs, and Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. Billion with a B. Oh, my God. Billion. Billion. Fred, what? Billion. Yeah. Billion. Matt, what are you drinking? Uh, an old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. Made with some Buffalo Trace. Nice, nice. I have a Fathead Brewery, which is out of Cleveland. This is the Alpha Ambush India Pale Ale. It's cool because it says a stealth attack of hops at the at the top, and I like how I don't. Do they always have that? It says chill out, man. Have a beer. Mm, I don't um, think so. It is a seven and a half percent, seventy five IBUs. So well, definitely happy. super, super hop forward, but it doesn't, you don't get that, that, that coating of, uh, like that pine that tar, floral. like it's, it's it got a, it's got a clean finish for yeah. being so hop forward. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty good. What you got, Darren? Uh, digital zoo with a very, very cool can art from Jackie O's. It is a 9%, uh, with mosaic Idaho seven and the Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, I, I love that I, can. I don't know IBUs. Yeah, yeah I, don't Jackie, think it, I don't think it has them on the on the can. Do you know where Jackie O's is? They're, uh, um, what is it? What's is the it name Athens? of that? Athens, yeah. Because I know that. And college what famous is. colleges out there? Uh, the. Nope. No. No. Oh, sorry, listeners. If you is it just Ohio, is it Ohio State? No. Ohio University. Ohio, Ohio University. Oh, you. That's that's where they have the great great uh, Halloween parties and. People oh yeah. Big trouble there, yeah. At Ohio University? Yeah. They have Wasn't it like one well, of the top one of the top three or four party schools? I know OU OSU is, but I thought it was too. I'm, I think it's pretty big. I could ask my niece. She went there. Mm. Her undergrad. Mm. Crazy ah. stuff. Crazy stuff. Anything exciting, fellas? Um I've been playing some God of War on PC, you know. I know it's been out it was out, you know, PlayStation exclusive, but it came out on PC this week. Uh, has all of the uh, enhancements for PC and, 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 and like the NVIDIA ray tracing and all that stuff. It's it's so much fun. It looks awesome. Never never really played it on never played it on PlayStation because I mean I had some PlayStation. I just never got into it for whatever reason. Yeah, I played the but, original uh, one. It was pretty awesome. I'm glad I waited because this looks so good on PC. So having some fun with that. But uh, that's um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I haven't been doing much but working. Are you met? Mm. No, nothing, nothing. No, nothing crazy. No, no. 
It's too cold, man. It's freaking cold. It's too cold. My car does not like it at all. <laughs> oh, my God. My V8 likes it a lot. It just goes... <laughs> man. That, ba- that battery gauge on the on the Y just goes... <laughs> Imagine Do you precondition and stuff in the morning? Or? Oh, yeah. Imagine but you can't do that performance that you can't drive when it's that. Uh, I, I could drive it if I wanted to <laughs> ruin tires. Well, Matt was saying he's like he's probably thinking I'm only going to get like ten. Do you say ten to twelve thousand? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get a ton of miles out of these performance tires, so I'm I'm just going to get all seasons when I when I need to replace these. That way, I don't have to worry about it. Which will probably be close to before next year, I guess. I don't know. It depends. I mean, I haven't been driving it a super lot, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you got another month and a half, almost two months of, you know, the not, being not able to safe drive it. Yeah. temperature for it. Because it, what's 40, under 45, they really don't want you to do it. Well, so here, yeah. you just go out and you do a burnout, and then the tires get sticky, and then you'll yeah. be okay. I did drive it down the cul-de-sac and back <gasps> um, the other day, and it was like 45 degrees. Yeah. Just because it hadn't moved in three weeks. So. Yeah, you don't want to get no flat spots well, that, on the tires. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that. And I just, just needed to, like, the, the, the crazy thing is, is, like, I haven't plugged it into the charger, and it's in three weeks, it's only dropped 2%. No, 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 4%, 89 to 85 in three weeks. Because that's, I don't have it set to do preconditioning or anything because I haven't been going anywhere. Yeah, so. that's not bad. Though. And the garage, I mean, the garage does get cold, but it doesn't get, like, I don't have it set to kick on or anything. So that's pretty cool. Oh, so I take it you have sentry mode turned off at home? Oh, yeah. Do you have yours on? (laughs) Yeah, that would be crazy. It would be going off all the time. But that's that's good to know, though. What? That you only lost 4% in that time. Yeah, it didn't. And I did one software update, I think, during that time. That that probably was. That was probably 2% right there. there. (laughs) What about you, man? Anything exciting? Not really. No? What? You're out of your freaking mind. Yeah, we 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 surprise the crap out of you guys. Yeah, what, I, yeah. I didn't know if you want to talk about it. Or oh, we can, can talk about it. Yeah. I can. Uh, so we got our first foster care placement uh, last Wednesday. No, the Wednesday before. Yes, the Wednesday before. And uh, little baby A, mm-hmm. she's awesome. She's adorable. Oh my yeah. god, she's so stinking cute. <laughs> yeah, except she got four shots today, so yeah. that was. And that that make me upset. Yeah. Did you forget what it was like having uh, a baby at uh, all? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, because Arlo, he's he'll be six yeah. in April, so yeah. like I was the first one to change her diaper, and I was like, <laughs> I started, and I was like, didn't uh, just kind of, oh yeah, kind of came back to yeah. you, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like I'm I was the always the one that's ready with the other diaper to slide right under because <laughs> I don't want to get peed on. Nope. So, you know, Arlo never got me, but he got Elizabeth a few times. And then uh, my mom and dad are watching Baby A for a while because there are no daycares opened right now. Mm. I mean, like, month waits, two-month waits. Or the, the, the one we found was like a two-week wait. They called us the next day and said it'll be about a month. Mm. Just so don't have the people. Don't have the people. I mean, it's it's sad, but yep. but yeah, she's she's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're excited. I mean, so we I, I had to take her down to the first visitation last uh, yesterday, so that was kind of a eye opening experience for me because it was just it. It's got to be hard, right? It was hard. I mean, I came I came home and you know talked to Elizabeth a little bit, and I got 
emotional because, you know, it, it's sad because, I mean, I was only in the, the, the building for like maybe a total of 20 minutes when I dropped her off and then when I went back up to pick her up. And there was probably, you know, 30 or 40 kids coming in and out in that 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 20 minute window I was there. Oh that's just one gosh. county, right? Yeah. Well, no, that's just one private location foster care agency yeah. out of you know, how however many there is in the area. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just it's Ugh. for one day. Yeah, <laughs> it's or half a day or whatever. It's sad, but I mean, yeah. uh, at least there's they're they're out there and you, these kids aren't you know, being neglected and they're actually getting, you know, treatment and, um, you know, people to take care of. Yeah. But just like any other government program, it's all triple redundancy because it's like, I mean, we've been to, to take her to the doctors and then she's got two different caseworkers and then two other people and then a court appointed person and just all for one kid. I mean, so you got you got to remember how how tied up these social workers are. Yeah. It's just it's just mm. crazy. Yeah, definitely some uh, heroes there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I'm glad because uh, you guys you'd gotten a few calls, but it just you know wasn't right. And, yeah, and then this one was right because it it was a uh, she's she was placed a few different places before us, and then then they they called us only. Right. So it's cool. Yeah, it worked out right. Yeah, you, so was, you sent him the video, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sent it to me. Yeah. Matt, 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 Matt and <laughs> yeah, his you, wife came over. You, and, you, we were supposed to go to your house, right. and then uh, Taylor wasn't feeling good, so we didn't want to you know, get anybody else sick. So you FaceTimed me, and you were like, hey, where's April? And I was like, oh, she's upstairs or something. He's like, well, I need to talk to both of you. And I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us that you guys had gotten a call to get – a placement I, hadn't, I did not expect for you to already have one and then you uh, show that so that was cool mm-hmm. yeah matt matt had to pick his jaw up off the yeah. floor he's got a baby that's awesome. awesome i did i did forget that that smell though oh yeah there's nothing like a, a baby smell yep mm-hmm. super happy for you guys that's sweet yeah, Arlo's in love. <laughs> we keep telling him she might have to go back, buddy. So yeah. just remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's got to. I mean, it doesn't matter what you say to him. It's going right. to be hard. What's well, going to be hard? For either me. way, right? Even even just this short amount of time, yeah. I'd I'd be devastated. But you know, we went into it that knowing that we're going to help if we help for a week or help for you know the rest of our life. I mean, yeah. that's just what we're in for. So you have to be ready. First up from Ford.com, as my uh, stream deck is collapsing. Matt, can you fix that for me? Thank you. <laughs> so this was from the Ford Media Center. There's a bunch of other publications that had reported on it as well. But uh, Ford and Purdue University patent a charging station cable. Uh, they, it's just It was a research project that they had been doing. And I didn't know this, but if you read through this article, Ford is partnered with a lot of different universities Mm -hmm. and they're doing all kinds of research and things like that with these different universities for, for all kinds of different parts of electric vehicles. So I thought that was pretty cool. And if you, if you just really think about it, that would be the best way to find that new idea or 
because you get people the, that are you, they're you get, not they're not they're not ingrained into right. that you know, into that uh, industry, so they're going to be hopefully a fresh out, idea out of the box yeah, and fresh sure. idea that. So yeah, I thought that was cool. So this this the you know it's er, very early on testing and things like that, but they they are patenting the technology. And it will allow uh, an electric vehicle to charge as fast as you could fill up at a gas station. That, that's what the whole premise is. And the way they're doing that is they're they're cooling the cable because the faster you charge, the more current you're putting through that cable, the hotter it gets. You have to dissipate that heat. So what they didn't get into, and I didn't, I mean, I know it's still in its infancy, but there's always been that cap on the cars themselves and we had the the talk back when maxwell technologies is like oh well they could dump all this into the supercapacitor and then it could trickle it back into the battery as needed Mm -hmm. so i wonder what they're going to do because i read this article twice and i really didn't come away with a oh well they've already planned for da 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 yeah yeah that's a good point because this is just for the charging cable port part and it's going to have to, uh, there's going to have to be things that happen on the battery side as well. And, uh, uh, you know, not just the batteries, but the charging controller or, or, you know, every, the whole system is going to have to be developed in unison to be able to support this super fast charging. So, um, but to date, like that's been the biggest hurdle is the heat and the cooling and things like that. So I thought it was cool because, they're using an active cooling agent, so it's a it's a concept that uniquely changes the liquid to a vapor, mm-hmm. and they and it combine and it combines with uh, in in development vehicle charging technology to lower the average time to recharge the vehicle. So they're probably working with other universities or maybe Purdue as well to develop both sides. I'm assuming, um, I would think, but it, just, it didn't really get into it. I just l- literally had a billion dollar idea. Don't 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 <laughs> what is it? Geothermal. Okay. Yeah. So for cooling, you mean? Well, for for heat purposes and cooling. So what if you plugged into this charger and then had two ports that you plugged in that that went to the battery and chilled it also? Well, that heat has to be dissipated, right? Right. What if it went into a geothermal loop that was tied into a to cool it. a roadway or yeah. to a building to heat the building that it's attached to? Or just like down where the charging stations were. Yeah, or yeah. just to keep stuff melted off if they were in colder climates or or something like mm-hmm. that. That way you're 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 using that excess energy yeah. for another renewable source. That's a good point. Yeah, because they how they have to cool you'd that be, and get you, that. From if somewhere. you went in here, you'd be like, <laughs> nope. You'd be like, holy crap! Stop! 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 I stop! Definitely stop. don't want to go in there. <laughs> so it, it it goes into the details that you know the chargers today are limited by how quickly they can charge because of the heat the heat issue. Uh, charging faster requires more current to travel through the cable, um, which it, it generates more heat. So there's a there's a tipping point to where if that cable gets too hot, it'll melt. So they have to draw, they have to, there's a, that determines how fast they can charge. So when, when you guys are on a trip and it's, let's say like 50 degrees outside, does, 
and and like you you know it's already pre-programmed that you're going to be and and then it starts doing what to the batteries before you get so far heating up it, heating it up heating them up yep. preconditioned so okay so it preconditions so does it do that when it's hot outside also or does it take an account I don't know does it cool it down if it needs to? does it cool it down yeah that's what I'm saying I don't know I would think so because but. because the batteries I mean they're not going to be able to take a dump of power instantly. Right. We even like when you do the preconditioning, it can only charge at that higher rate for a certain amount of time until it, it gets too hot. Then it backs off. Yeah. So, and so it's not long at all. No, so like <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. If that. Yeah. So why not have have a, a set of ports, one in, one out, that's pumping this yeah. chilled fluid it ha- that, it would, it that, would have that to, helps right? keep your your batteries cool so you can take that that higher rate yeah. for a longer piece of time. Yeah. Because well, the cooling, it, there's already cooling in the battery pack. They would just have to extend that out to where it could be connected as part of the charger. Right. And then you cooled, cooled even further, probably, right. potentially. Well, at this point, it, it sounds like something only Ford's going to be able to do if they're yeah. patenting this technology. Or, or if anybody the, else is working on it, they're just not seeing, they're not evolving it yet. Yeah. But I don't know. That... That could, I'm trying to think of why having that fluid circulate through the charging cable into the battery pack. Well, there has to be some rate kind of radiator or something that it eventually goes through to dissipate the heat. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't get into the details like that I, like that I could find. Well, yeah. well, think about it. I mean, you could, you could. You could dissipate the heat through a steam generator right. and generate electricity that back powers right. your, your... Or like you said, if you're doing the geothermal loop, then it'll dissipate as it's cycling through that. I mean, they didn't get into that piece of it, but and maybe they haven't got far enough into it, but I'm, I mean, they have to have something that's that, uh, that it dissipates into because they talk about how um, they're using uh, the phase change, right, of, of it going from a liquid to a vapor... But that has to be captured and recirculated mm-hmm. uh, in order for it to keep cooling. Well, see, that's that's like geothermal because that's what it does. Yeah. Well, when when you need heat, it brings it through a high pressure pump. What happens? Friction happens. Yep. Friction causes it heat. Compresses it. It compresses it. Makes heat. Goes through a radiator. Goes back out through a chiller, which goes back out into your ground loop. And then on the opposite side of that. It brings it in, reverses it, because you got fifty-five degree ground ground anyway. So yep. it's cool. Then it goes back through the high pressure pump because the pump has to pull it back through to get your cold. Yep. And then it dissipates the heat, which also dissipates into my hot water. So Gives you hot water, yeah. when it's uh, summertime, I got free hot water. Yeah, it'd be cool to learn if they're using some kind of heat pump technology or what what they're doing to 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 dissipate for the dissipation part. It doesn't really get into that, at least not in this article. There may be other other sources, but uh, you know, they do say that they're hopefully going to be testing a prototype of the cable within the next two years um, to determine more specific charge speeds for certain models of electric vehicles. And they're committed to the transition for electrification, which, you know, we've been talking about. I mean, they're going all in. Like, it's actually, I love it because 
you know, they were v- like very slow to start. I mean, all of the old school auto manufacturers have been slow to start, but Ford has been the one that is like everything that we've seen from the CEO the last, I don't know, six, seven months. Mm-hmm. He is like, this is, we're doing this. Like, this is where we're doing and this is where we're going. And like, I think you're seeing a lot of, we, we, we said it was going to happen. I, I can't wait to see like a all electric, Two thousand horsepower GT five hundred or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. That would, yeah. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Um, it's good, and it, I'm glad they're working on this because we're going to need things like this to make it uh, viable. Because nobody wants to wait, especially when you think about if we get to four or five, six hundred mile range batteries. I mean, people don't want to wait two or three hours to charge. You know, um, but who's waiting two or three hours to charge? If I'm just saying they they don't want to, but if you if you have if you're using the current battery technology that we have now, if you go down to twenty percent, in order for you to charge back to one hundred percent, it's going to take what about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to charge one hundred percent. You wouldn't have to because but, the the network would be closer, so right. you could go another three hundred miles and yeah. then get that little top off, and then. But if you could charge, say five hundred miles in twenty minutes, because. This can charge faster. Well, that means less stops, less time on the less time waiting for charging and things like that too. But I've always been an advocate, and my my wife was like, "Well, electric slow will charge whatever." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Honey, on our next vacation, I want a time when we stop and pull in. I fill up. You guys go in with the kids. You go potty, get snacks, come back out." I go in, use the potty, <laughs> yeah, you don't get me some time. snacks, and then come back out. You're 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm charging for 30 minutes. And you're doing that anyway. And you're doing that anyways. Yeah. You have to stand at the pump because you just can't just let your gas run, you know right. what I mean, just for safety reasons. You can plug your car and walk away yeah. as a family. I mean, But you also don't need to charge 100% every time because you can. it'll tell you, like, you only yeah. need to charge for 10 minutes or – yeah. For 100 miles. Like, yeah, I understand, I understand what you're saying, but I just think, like, imagine having five or 600 miles of range and being able to charge 80% of that in 20 or 30 minutes. That's, like, that's where we need to get to. That's when it make that's when EVs become way better than ICE. Yes. I think we're going to be, okay, we won't be to the five to 600 miles. But I think when they finally get the 4680s implemented with that new structure of building a battery, Mm -hmm. I think we will see probably definitely over 400 miles. Yeah. And I I see... Consistently. I see the pack being able to accept that higher kilowatt charge longer. Gotcha. Yeah. So So we'll get... We'll still maintain. It'll be better. That, it, we're, we're we're making strides. Twenty yeah. to twenty five. Let's say twenty to thirty minute charging, but now you're getting that much more. That's a good point. I, I don't think the architecture of of eighteen six fifties and twenty one seventies accepts that high yeah, input for so long. Couldn't do it. I really do think the forty six eighties will be able to are going to be able yeah. to take that much more That's dump of power at the supercharger. Good point. But it's, it's who knows? Because um, we don't have forty six eighties yet. So we're, it's, we're just all going off battery day information yeah. last year. We, we'll find out soon enough, right? We can talk about that later. So yeah. the okay. uh, the alliance with Ford and Purdue is part of hundreds of strategic alliances the company has with university professors around the world, providing graduate students with opportunities to work on 
real-world challenges, and it helps them to develop their skills while introducing Ford to students who may choose to start their career at the company. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I would think my company does this. Like, they go out and try to recruit people from college that are in similar fields. I know Tesla's doing it for the AI stuff. Um, you know, I don't think Tesla focuses more on the colleges as much as maybe the, some of these other companies because, as Elon has said, he doesn't care about a degree or if you have a degree. But there's some of these things people aren't probably going to learn unless they go to school for it. Like, some people can be self-taught, but majority of people aren't. They go to school and they learn something. I mean, let's just be honest. But I think these partnerships are crucial and you know, in, in another five or ten years, this may put Ford back in the lead uh, and because of the investment that they're making now. So okay. it would be cool to see what happens. Um, and I am not putting any money on that at all. And and we've said this numerous times, exciting times to be alive it, right it now. It is. And it says, you know, while the cable won't be on the market for some time because they're going to continue the research, uh, Motowar, who's uh, the, the one of the lead designers and inventors, I think, of this, He's de- been developing ways to more efficiently cool electronics for 37 years. And by taking advantage of how liquid captures heat when boiled into a vapor, that's what he is using to try to do that with the, the charging cable as well. So, And they also say that um, Ford has been actively involved in battery research and electric vehicles dating back to the days of Henry Ford and Thomas Edison. Um, they've secured over 2,500 U.S. patents in electrification technologies and have more than 4,000 more pending. Hmm. So that, I would, I don't know how many Tesla has, but that's still that's pretty got to be significant. So be cool, be cool to see what uh, comes out of this in the next couple of years. I think charging rates, longer ranges, um, you know, more advanced batteries with all the other battery tech that we. That's coming that we've talked about. Like it's, it's, it's just gonna get better and better and better. I mean, it'll be crazy. From Electric.co, the first Tesla Model Ys have been spotted coming out of the Gigafactory, Texas. Has production started? Why are they blue on black? I think they're just. I don't know. They they were the glass roofs, so they just looks like they're they're black on the top because no, of the no, glass no, roofs. No. Forget it. Oh, you mean the blue and the. Tears are okay. Fight Club. What's the song though? What's Blue on Black? Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. So this is a picture outside of the Tesla Gigafactory in near Austin, right? So you can see they're they're all they got the chargers. They've got the 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 Teslas. Like they didn't. They said they say they they didn't like technically verify that they came out of there. But why would they have these sitting out there charging if they didn't come out of there? Because didn't they get approval to make like a thousand? That's just to a do like shop, quality control. Those are and shop, dial, shop vehicles. And dial everything in. Shop vehicles. But it says that uh, over half a dozen new Tesla Model Ys are spotted at Gigafactory Texas as production has has been expected to start soon. They were supposed to start by the end of last year, right? They were supposed to start production by the end of 2021. Um, yeah, it says they were aiming to start production by the end of 2021 in uh, Gigafactory Texas in Austin. The uh, the st- however that that was delayed, um, and it says the start of the Model Y production at Gigafactory Texas is not only critical to their growth, but it also marks the launch of the new version of the electric SUV featuring the new structural battery pack, which has the forty six eighty battery cells. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The idea is to produce large 
cylindrical cells and package them into a single module battery pack that also acts as the structural platform on which you install the vehicle's body. Uh, CEO Elon Musk has touted the technology as a manufacturing revolution in the auto industry. For those two reasons, there are a lot of eyes on Tesla starting Model Y production at Gigafactory Texas. And Shanghai is going to use that too, right? The new Gigapress, I believe, when it comes online. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be everywhere. Or was it Berlin? Which one? No, Berlin is the next one, right? Isn't Berlin and Berlin and, started before Austin? And it's like, yeah, man, they're hitting so many roadblocks over there. It's crazy. I think those both were the Gigapress sites. I, or did Shanghai have one as well? I don't remember. Um, so previously reported that they're ramping up the mega casting effort at the factory to produce Model Y bodies, uh, with some of them being spotted in late December. Uh, of course, they missed the, des- the deadline to start production by the end of 2021, which, you know, I mean, supply chain and everything else, I mean, that's not surprising. Um, but now we have indication because of these pictures. And uh, this, so this Jeff Roberts guy, he's the one that's always doing the drone flyovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is his uh, tweet of the, that's where they got this picture from. It was his drone shot. So Jeff Roberts, who often flies drones over Gigafactory, Texas, shared a picture of a bunch of brand-new Model Ys charging at the factory. So Man, his, those, those panel gaps look good. <laughs> well, we are awful far away from them, so we'll see, right? <laughs> uh, it says, new Model Ys at Giga, Texas, um, and, he, and, he, and he shared the picture. So it says, um, these look brand-new out of the factory, but it can't be confirmed they were produced at Gigafactory, Texas, but... Why would they ship them from somewhere else? I don't, I don't understand why they would do that. I mean, I would assume they were made there, but we don't know for sure. Um, if they were fully built at the factory, it would, in, in, it would be an important milestone. Um, they are expected to be an important – It's Giga Texas is supposed to be an important part of, Texas, of Tesla's growth in 2022, especially during the second half of the year which is what they're saying. It's going to take like six or mo- six months or so to, before they ramp up to full production volume. So that's going to be, you know, after the summer. Redonkulous. Yeah, but think of how much yeah. they've produced in the last year with yeah. old, Fremont. With old technology. <laughs> well, in China. I mean, some of them are yeah. coming out of China. Weren't they shipping some of the ones from China over to the U.S.? Didn't that, I think I thought that happened, but I could be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure All everything the US in the U.S. was is from Fremont. Fremont. Yeah. I would love to have um, a right-hand drive Tesla. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> so, so it's cool. Well, and not really related to this, but we didn't have. I don't have the link or anything. You shared um, uh, a podcast link yeah. from TikTok. Did you, Did you say that with you? The the barn barn talk or whatever. It was just two the guys two guys were talking barn. about Tesla. So we've talked about the Gigapress f- several times, um, but just think about it. They have the Gigapress for the rear assembly they have the gigapress for the front assembly now mm-hmm. you have the structural battery pack mm-hmm. so you have these three components mm-hmm. where each one of those used to be several hundred mm-hmm. or 150 ish or plus pieces individually now you've, you're stamping the back you're stamping the front one piece the the middle is the battery pack it's structural so i don't know if it's any less pieces but it's um now it's a structural component so it's i don't know if it's faster or less material or whatnot i think it's less material so now you have basically three parts. They're just going to be able to spit these things out. Like, I think, wasn't there a tweet from Elon where he was showing the production at, uh, in, in uh, I don't know if it was Berlin or China, but like every six minutes there was a car coming out is, is what it was. Every six minutes they were pumping out a Y. Whew. 
Now, imagine if they get to that point. So what's what's the Toyota, Ford? What are the bid? What are those guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are those plants putting out? Like well, the well, Honda Accord line. Like, how many <laughs> Honda Accords are coming off? Yeah, but they've also been doing it for how long? But I'm so saying like hundred years. Like if if a Y or whatever is coming off every six minutes, yeah, are know. they dumping out a Honda Accord every four? Right. If so, is that, like, is, that fast, is it faster or better or worse? Right. Like that's pretty good for a young company to be doing it every six minutes. Yeah. When you have Honda that's been out since what the early seventies or something, and then you multiply that by <laughs> four plant, well, three four plants if you count Fremont. That's a lot. That's a lot of cars. It'd be cool to find out. Um, we're going to be start. We should be starting to see them soon. I, I'm just excited to see, like, what what kind of range and everything we're going to see with the, the new battery packs. And hopefully, we'll see some freaking Cybertrucks soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Oh, Darren's got something for us. I just I just typed in a random. How many minutes does it take to make a car? Just to get like an average. Mm-hmm. So it says the estimates. That a well-appointed car, truck, or SUV takes about seventeen to hour, seventeen to eighteen hours to assemble from start to finish. So that's everything. Yeah, yeah. We probably probably need to Google like how long, how many, how many cars a minute does like Toyota make or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how you would do that comparison, but um, we'll have to check that. Check into that. I don't know what the I don't know what this I don't know what the baseline is like. If we say six minutes, I don't know if that's good or bad because yeah. what's the baseline, right? Like you said, yeah. If I mean, isn't didn't we say the Civic was the most popular car in until the three and and but that was only California. Uh, true. I think I think across North America it was still pretty popular. Yeah. But yeah, how how often? You know, how many of those are they pumping out on average every? I still think six minutes. is pretty freaking fast that's it's crazy it's crazy one car one complete car every 10 minutes from honda so that's once you factor in brakes shift change meetings and time off so that was from that was from a uh <clears throat> an article from january 18th of 2006 yeah so that who was knows the first now. one that popped oh, up so worst case they're hopefully equivalent to the other manufacturers speed which is really all they need to be i mean cuz as they add more as they build more plants now the problem is they 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 start making the semi and the cyber truck and whoever know and maybe the the two or whatever the the, the model 2 or whatever the hatchback too sexy be. too it's what it's going to be too oh, sexy man. isn't that what they said too sexy <laughs> i think that's what that's, they said that's what that 9 ton press is um for. Yeah, yeah, Darren was saying that on that podcast they were saying they have ordered or asked for a nine ton press. So is that gonna be for the truck or the semi, maybe? Um so we'll see. But uh I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna ramp very quickly. The most I think the important thing is and, and the concern, at least from my perspective and maybe yours, Matt, is they've gotta also ramp the service and everything else. Like I think the charging is is fine, but the service has to ramp too because I keep I keep pressing Kevin on that all the time. Like, like if the service doesn't ramp, people are gonna be pissed. Like, how can you have what two? How many thousands of cars is Fremont making a month or something? It's a lot, right? 
but it's, how are you supporting that but, many yeah. cars? But here's where you're looking at. Oh God, here we go. The cars, the Tesla cars, to normal cars. Plus, okay. they have the. They also have mobile service. Well, if you think of it in electronics wise, mm. what normally fixes a computer problem? Reboot it three times. Did you times. power cycle? Did you power reboot cycle it three times? And 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 that's and that's, you can reboot your Tesla. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Most most of these things are just like. Okay, well, the firmware stopped right. three quarters away. Reboot the car. Reload, yeah. But did you see? So you know, you guys know Ryan Shaw. He does the Tesla news stuff on YouTube. Yeah, he's. You think you've probably seen his stuff? So he did his video this week. So talked about there was a lady who got a Model Three Performance in December. <laughs> did you see that? Yes. And he's not the only one that talked about it. I didn't see it. She gets it like December nineteenth or something. She complains that the one of the back wheels is making a really bad rattling noise. The service center says it's three weeks before we can get you in. Well, she took it to another independent shop. There was no brake pads in. I remember the, seeing that. the the one back wheel. How do you not? How do you f- miss putting a brake brake pads in Answer. a car? Monday or Friday? <laughs> There's seven days. <laughs> so that that's kind of what I was gonna bring up. Like you've I think, never, when's the last time you heard of like Ford or GM or or Toyota or Honda having missing putting brake pads in a car? So correct. You you don't hear about that. Now granted, this is just on the TikTok that I watch, but I see so many shops. We got this 2021 Chevy full size, whatever, whatever, bent push rod, bent push rod, bent push rod. They're having to drop the whole motor out of the car and replace the motor of a brand new vehicle. Yeah, because it's coming, coming like that. It's just it's some. There's a flaw in the build oh. or something, and these push rods are failing. Nothing's perfect, I guess. Nothing's yeah. perfect. But I mean, that's. But I think what's going to serious. What's going to help, and that's my hope, is when all these cars start getting built in Texas. I think your labor in Texas is going to be a little more attentive to what they're doing. From everything that Kevin's told me coming out of Fremont, those people don't care. care. They're probably being they're pushed un- to the brink. The, right? the union that they're in, they don't they don't care. Like, right. what are you going to do? I'm in a union, you know. Unlike yeah. the unions we have here, where people like, when what was it? Chevy was up in Dayton or GM? GM like those people. They cared about their cared products. about their product. I think when we get all these cars coming out of Texas. These little nitpicky things that the service centers are having to deal with goes away. Will slowly go away. Which helps, yeah. But there's still a lot of cars on the road from yeah. Fremont that these service centers are overwhelmed with. And it doesn't help that you have a service center in Cincinnati and then a service center in Columbus. Like yeah. there's a lot of Teslas <laughs> between Cincinnati and Columbus. And because then what's the next between, one? Like Chicago or is there one in India? Cleveland? Cleveland. Troy, or not Troy, but like... There's one in Indy. So uh, I, There's one in Indy. I had to drive from Franklin to uh, Reading Road down, so exit nine. Um, and I was just bored driving because I hate driving on the highway. I counted 32 Teslas I saw. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's and I, that's, it, that, that was that's impre- high. Yeah, it was impressive. And I was like... Well, they're opening a new service center in Dayton, what, 
sometime this year. We don't know when, though, right? Don't know when. We know where it's going to be. We just don't yep. know when. So, yep. I don't know. I 32, mean, though. Mm-hmm. That's that is pretty crazy. Lot. Yeah. That's I, a, I thought a mix of stuff or any it, it any was, uh, any one more some, than other. Uh, more threes, more Ys. Yeah, there was more more threes, and I just think it's because they they drop first. I mean, yeah. but there was a there was a lot of S's. Hmm. I only saw one X. Yeah, I don't see X's very often. Yeah. I saw one today. I don't see him very often. So it was a 100 D too. Ooh. <laughs> the D. Yeah. And I was I wasn't playing like Chase Chase. We weren't racing, but he was coming up hot on my on 275. So you I got over and then got behind him, and he was cruising at like 85. Could I'm like, you, okay, I'll follow the leader. I guess. Could you beat a D? No, D? no, sir. That's more like a performance. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like three. That's a three five. Is a three five? Yeah. Oh, I won't even say. You have to get that boost. No, please say it. We'll edit it out. But go ahead and say <laughs> no, it. No, I said you would. Ha- I said you have no, to get that boost. No, Darren. I'll just stop the recording. Talking about the D from SouthForkWind.com. Uh, they have received final approval from the U.S. Department of in- of Interior to start construction on New York's first. Offshore wind farm. Um, it's pretty cool. So they've been working on this for a while um, from the details of this article. So it'll be the first offshore wind farm, but they're planning many more of these, not just in New York, but all over the country, all over North America, rather. Um, they've got the approval from the Construction and Operations Plan, COP for short, from the U.S. Department of Interior's Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, EOEM, uh, which is the final decision needed for the agency to move forward with the project and start construction. The approval outlines the project's one nautical mile turbine spacing, so there's going to be one every nautical mile, which, why do they call it nautical mile? Is a knot, How is a nautical mile different a than... Knot. A knot is is a little bit longer, longer than, than a regular than actual, actual okay. mile. That makes sense then. Or shorter. I can't remember. The I, will, I, will, I will fact check myself. The requirements on the construction methodology for all the work occurring in federal ocean waters and mitigation measures to protect marine habitats and species. So they have to get a bunch of extra approvals when it when it's involved uh, putting something in the ocean, which that's understandable, I guess. The uh, project will kickstart New York's uh, offshore wind industry and power uh, approximately 70,000 New York homes with clean offshore wind energy when it begins operations at the end of 2023. That's a lot of homes. Yeah. And I think they said this was uh, like the, the the New Jersey area is where it was going to primarily feed. So a nautical mile is one point one five. Why is it different? Mile. I don't know. Friction of water. <laughs> Science. Science. Um, this milestone underscores the <laughs> tremendous opportunity we have to create a new industry from the ground up to drive our green energy economy deliver uh, clean power to millions of homes and create jobs across the state, said Governor Kathy uh, Hacho. Hocho? Uh, As we tackle climate change head-on and transition to a clean economy, these are projects that will power our future. Okay, so the word mile might leave you wondering if there's a nautical uh, kilometer, too. It's not. So they use knots because it's an international... Standard. Okay. Hmm. Still weird, though. They would have different... Everything's weird. It's true. Imperial, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. 
I get it. Betamax, yeah, VHS, VHS. We had that discussion. Yeah, Laserdisc. <laughs> mm, Laserdisc. Um, so it says that uh, Long Island has been a leader in all things clean energy, and with today's historic approval, we are on the cusp of construction for New York's first wind farm, said Suffolk County Executive Ballone. Um, Suffolk County stands ready to serve as the epicenter of the emerging offshore wind industry by leveraging our world-class research institutions to serve as a hub of workforce development for jobs of the future. This project is a major victory for our economy, for labor, and for our environment as we remain committed to addressing the impacts of climate change in our region. I wonder how deep those pylons are. Probably pretty Yeah, deep. I didn't say. Uh, so a knot. What kind of knot? Uh, a knot knot. Not, not, not. Can you not, not, not? <laughs> but anyways, it goes back to the 1700s, and that's why it's a nautical mile, because they knotted their anchors, and that's how long it took. That's how they measured. That's how they measured how long it took to get just wicked. Th- yeah, that, that, sound, that, that sounds familiar. I've probably heard. I just this, is, this is from NOAA.gov if you want to gotcha. look it up. NOAA, National Oceanic Authority. Authority. You're on the website. What's it say it stands for? It Doesn't just say. says NOAA, man. I mean, it's the weather service, man. I cannot do everything, Matt. you got a Google box over there, too. <laughs> Long Island is again leading the nation in developing <laughs> clean energy and spurring innovation as it moves forward with the state's first offshore farm. I commend the critical partnership of Orsted and Eversource. So why why is that Orsted? I noticed that throughout it's Germany. It, yeah, it, that's the it, one of the companies that are doing the. They're but, actually the ones that are going to put them. But why has it got the the line through? Because it's it's German. It's German. Yeah. Okay. It's probably it's probably pronounced different. I'm just saying Orsted, but we're just got butchering the, it. Sorry yeah, about that. Sorry. Um, so it's it you know they've got one company that's going to install them, one company that's going to do like the substation that everything connects to, and then it'll eventually connect up to the grid. Um, but the turbines are going to be, are made in the U S. Um, it says what it said in here, what they were, um, you got all these freaking quotes from all these politicians. Uh, I in and here. I remember um, seeing who was making them and I cannot remember who it was now. It says fabrication of the offshore substation is already well, in process. They were, that's they right. Were they were yeah. Yeah. Fabrication of the substation is already in progress. Um, Orsted and Eversource recently announced the selection of Kiwit Offshore Services, uh, the largest offshore fabricator in the U.S. to design and build the substation for the project. The 1,500-ton, 60-foot-tall substation will be built at Kiwit's facility in Inglisside, Texas, near Corpus Christi. More than 350 workers across three states will support the Southport wind structure, Have you- which, will be the fir- which will be the first made in the U.S., USA Offshore Wind Energy Substation. Have you ever seen them move the the turbine blades? Oh, I've seen with like, the, the videos, trucks yeah. and stuff. Those yeah. are crazy. Um, offshore installation of the project's monopile foundations and 11 megawatt Siemens Gamisa wind turbines is expected to begin in the summer of 2023. So, for my Google box I have over here, <laughs> so I wanted to know how do you pronounce that O with the, the line? Okay. That is like er in bird. So it's like ersted? Is that what it would be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Sweet. Good to know. 
Ersted. Ersted. Because it's that O with the line R-S-T-E-D. So it's Ersted. So, so this is where... Is that where it is? This is that Monoc... It's going to be 35 miles That's out. That's where the from, substation is. From that substation. Okay. So 35 miles out this way. Right there. So out in okay. here somewhere. Yeah, it says that it'll be located 35 miles east of Montague, Montague Point. I, I guarantee you that's some sort of Indian word. Could be. It just looks... Its transmission system will deliver clean energy directly to the electric grid in the town of East Hampton. Power needs on the South Fork are growing faster than anywhere else on Long Island. In 2015, um, Long Island issued a request for proposals to address this specific need and select South Fork wind because it was part of a, of a portfolio that offers the most cost-effective solution to meet the demand for clean energy goals. Uh, so, Ersted ranks as the world's most sustainable energy company in Corporate Knight's 2021 Global 100 Index of Most Sustainable Corporations. I know they probably don't want to ruin beachfront property, but why we have all these these places, why not dedicate more wave generators into this? Because you don't even mix? see those, do you? I don't know. I mean, you could Maybe take... Maybe it's not a good spot for you it. You could take a, a some... I mean, what well, you constantly got waves coming in yeah. out no matter what. But is it maybe because it's up too far and it gets too know. cold and they'd freeze up? It could be. Don't know. The ocean freezes up there? Well, the, the ocean freeze wouldn't freeze, freezes. but maybe those would. Maybe it would impact those. I don't know. I mean, you're you, you can the ocean water, of water, the motion. Salt water can can freeze. It's just the ocean of the motion. Mm-hmm. Where? Where's the ocean freezing at? Russia. I don't know. The Baltic Sea? There, there, your salinity, if it's low enough, it will still freeze. It might not be a solid freeze. It'll be a slush freeze. It's like, like do this Slushy. do this as an experiment. Two cups of water, one cup of 91% rubbing alcohol. Put it in a baggie. Put it in your freezer. You're welcome. You have a malleable ice pack mm. that you can reuse over and over and over. Because if... Gets gets uh, it gets slushy, gets but it slushy. doesn't freeze. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> From Electric.co, Yamaha launches striking new electric scooter that uses Gogoros. I'm assuming that's Gogoro. That's how you say that. Swappable batteries. It's called the EMF, um, and it was announced um, this past week. Uh, it's been a few days, so it says it's been a big few days for Gogoro with Yamaha announcing a new electric scooter using the company's swappable batteries just hours after a big funding announcement. The new electric scooter is known as the Yamaha EMF, and it carries a seriously striking design. From futuristic body panels straight up the fork to the stacked headlights and even the afterburner taillights, it certainly looks like anything Yamaha has built before. The company hasn't listed complete specs, but it's revealed that it runs on a 7.6-kilowatt mid-mounted motor, it appears to use a final chain drive to the rear wheel, rear wheel, which wears a was that at a one thirty to seventy? What is that? One thirty on, to seventy the, dash ten tire. Guy. It's a gear. Is that the gear ratio or something? Well, no, the, that's just what how is big? a one thirty dash seventy dash dash one thirty slash seventy dash one hundred thirty millimeters. Okay, seventy is seventy tall. What's the ten? The 
probably a tenant's room. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So your last number is usually your rim size. Gotcha. Four piston hydraulic disc brakes with a combined braking system for safety, bringing the scooter to a quick stop very quickly. Acceleration is claimed to be quite peppy. With Yamaha boasting a 0 to 50 kilometers an hour, 31 MPH, for us uh, Yankees, I guess, whatever you call us, uh, in three and a half seconds. The company hasn't shared the scooter's top speed yet. Well, you don't have to worry about racing him in the <laughs> Model 3, do you? The scooter also features an interesting storage compartment between the rider's feet. It appears to have a cup holder and room for other small items, but they don't know if you can lock it when it's in the closed position yet. Uh, so the, the I think the coolest part of this for me was that it's going to be powered by the Gogoro's own batteries, which are designed to operate within their swapping network. What I didn't know... Um, is they have dozens, it says they contain dozens of batteries, go, 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 go stations that contain dozens of batteries are placed strategically throughout cities to allow riders to swap freshly batteries whenever theirs become depleted. So have you never seen this, like, over in Japan I think so, China? yeah. I just they, didn't realize. They have those scooters that they just drive, they go up. They, yeah, and to swap them out. They swap them out, and then they keep driving. I, I swear we had an article about this. I, we probably we might did. did. Um, that was... We've had 39 episodes. Do you remember yeah, every topic? No. So they're native to Taiwan, <laughs> no. where Yamaha will be the first releasing the new EMF. Um, in large cities like Taipei, GO stations already outnumber gas stations. <laughs> and what I thought was crazy is in Taiwan, 98% of electric two-wheelers use the Gogoro batteries, and the company has been listed as the international leader in battery swap architecture. Wow. So I guess they're... Uh... Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. So I wonder if the battery is low on the scooter. I think like it, it's, it's, it's under the seat. You, see, that's still yeah, not. Yeah, it probably drops in right underneath Actually, it. you can see. Yeah, so I think you lift up the seat, and it takes two of them. So you put so two do of they them. So they go right probably, down? They probably yeah. sit, sit this way because, yeah. you know, on any motorcycle, you, see you the want handle. that even balance. Yeah, you lift up the seat, and then you pop them in and out yeah. right there. Because the the uh, electric motor is right underneath in the middle. Oh, okay. Not that that matters for the battery placement, I guess, but still seems kind of like higher center of gravity because those things can't. Yeah, they're light. probably heavy. They're, yeah, they're pretty pretty heavy. It says that there's the, the Gogoro's swappable batteries have become popular among scooter manufacturers as a, as a way to bypass battery development. They allow the manufacturers like manufacturers like Yamaha to fast track their scooters their scooter designs by building around an existing battery architecture instead of having to reinvent the wheel and create their own. I mean, that's that makes absolute sense, right? So why is no one doing this with I, Tesla? I don't, I don't know. Or, back, or is it just Tesla? Remember not? back in the day, they said they'd have a, a quick step that you could oh, drive yeah. in. you could just swap the whole thing. So, There's so them. much stuff that man has <laughs> said. Nine kilograms. That's, that's how, how much, much those batteries weigh. One or two. Just nine, one. Nine kilograms? About nine kilograms. So almost 30 pounds? Is it 30 pounds? That seems heavy. I don't hey, know. Hey, computer, what, how much is nine kilograms? In pounds. It didn't hear me. Well, we have to Broken. Google it. Um, so it says, this isn't Yamaha's first dance with Gogoro. 
Back in 2019, they partnered for the first, first time when Yamaha unveiled the ECO5 electric scooter. 19.08 uh, pounds. pounds. So tw- almost 20 pounds. So they already had one scooter that they has used these batteries, and uh, it used, also used a pair of them. Um, and it says to get a better look at the electric scooter, you can check out the company's launch video. So, Dude, that video... That video was so off, right? yeah, it was so Tron like. Yeah, I'll I'll just kind of skim. I mean, it's only a couple of minutes. It's in the show notes if you want to watch it. But yeah, like it's super There's sci-fi and everything. It, it's cool video, but uh, it was definitely like a little over the top for a scooter that goes. Wasn't like that 30, from Transformers? A scooter that goes like thirty-five miles watch an it, hour. Watch this guy. What when, do you think the top speed on this thing is? Fifty. Forty-five. Forty-five. Watch when he touch, touches the cube. And then it begins. <laughs> Holy crap. It's crazy. What was that thing called from Transformers? Oh, the... What was the Was cube? it a cube? Yeah. Yeah, it was a giant cube. Optimus, I'm thinking of Optimus, Tesseract, but I know it's not the Tesseract. No, Op- it's a, Optimus Prime held it in what, his, Yeah, what the heck was that thing no, called? No, it was in the... One of them. Allspark. The it's all, the Allspark. 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 Yeah. Because the villain guy was in the ice block uh-huh. underground. The best part of this is the sound. Like, yeah, I wonder if it oh, really it sounds, sounds like awesome. That. If it if it, if they're make if they're faking the sound, I'm going to be disappointed because it sounds really cool. I mean, it's an EV, so the quietness, you know. But is I just on wonder par. if they're they're using a sound. Effect I just love. I don't hear fully. anything, Joe, because we have the sound off. I'm oh, being a well, smartass. If you would have watched it in, like beforehand, uh, I just love that they're. I mean, full weren't you the one who posted this? Uh-huh. I I was reading the article. I wasn't looking for the, the videos. Video? No, you always watch the video. <laughs> no. It's pretty cool. Like I like if I if I was just going around like like just need something to go around like I would DoorDash with those things. <laughs> those things would be very popular, like down on the beach in Myrtle Beach. People or, instead of the go, having the golf carts, they would yep. have these. Yep. It looks. That'd it looks cool. cool. It looks pretty cool. I don't like the front and rear, the lights. I don't. I don't care for that design. That's just me. You can't see him when you're riding it, looking cool. <laughs> um, I'm not- sorry. I can't ride anything else. <laughs> not your own fault. Not directly related, but I found this when I was looking at this stuff. Yeah, I saw. And that I didn't too. know if you guys cool. knew. Like, so Yamaha has been making like electric assisted bikes for a long time. Um, so they've got road bikes and mountain bikes and everything like they've got, uh, like in this, I, and I just ran across this when I was looking at the, looking up at the other stuff, but they're probably, I think one of the first ones that actually did like, yeah, 27 if, years of e-bike manufacturing experience. If I thought if, that was pretty crazy. If I would have had one of those, I could have kept up with that guy <laughs> who had the big fat, that tires. Had the big fat tires that went up and down that hill 30 times. Glenn? No. no, we were riding at Harbin Park one day on our mountain bikes, me, you, and Keith. Mm-hmm. And this guy had one of the fat tire mountain bikes because it was super muddy, and he aired it down, and like he was just, like he didn't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, but there was this big hill. Yeah, he was just riding. I, up I and walked. Down that hill. I walked up it. There oh, yeah. was no he was way. Just, he was just like cruising. It's up. like the highest part in that county in in Ohio. It's the highest what? part of Butler County, right? Harbin Park. Yeah, is the highest point. Okay, that's what it is. And and he just he rode up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I was just dude, like, dude had like monster legs. Yeah, I was like, he's hmm. a beast. 
Wow. Yeah, it's like I didn't know they made. No, I didn't know they've been making electric bikes that long. Like, I mean, like this is what I need now. Like, when they get the bike trail finally connected, I want to get me one of these cruisers, man, with these this electric battery pack on it. From Thor Industries Debt Cam. So there was like a big RV show in Florida this past week. Did you, oh. ever, have you, did you ever been aware of that? In Florida, huh? Yeah. yeah. So th- I did not know this. So as I was researching this, Thor Industries owns Airstream. Oh, okay. They bought them wow. back like back in the eighties or seventies or something. And I, I didn't know I didn't know that. So they're the parent company. Because I was thought it was weird. I was like, they had these two different. They had the E Stream, which is the Airstream trailer. Then they had this actually the RV, um, which is the Thor branded. But they own both of them, so that made huh. sense after I seen that. So they announced both of these at these at this RV uh, convention. And there was a bunch of other companies there that announced things too. But from what I'm seeing and hearing, like this was like. Blew everything else away. So why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they do this at um, CES? CES. I don't know. I guess there's this. I guess they have a dedicated RV convention, so they did mm-hmm. it there. Um, so for over forty years, Thor. And if you're wondering what does that mean, I'll tell you in a second. They've been helping families connect with nature, one another, blah blah, blah enabling, enabling journeys and adventures. Um, so it says building for the future. So I'm going to play this. So this is like, um, it, it's just like a high level of both. So they talk about the E-Stream and the RV. But they're both, so the e, the RV itself, it does have a fuel cell. Well, that was pretty badass. Yeah. How they... So the RV has a fuel cell that will help give it more range, and it has up to 300 miles of range. The E-Stream has solar panels on the top. Look at that. And you can control it and move it. Because it has its own motors. So when you're towing it, it doesn't take away your mileage because it has its own motors and battery packs. So it doesn't reduce your, if you're towing it with like a Tesla or something, they have like a Model X right there. It's not going to destroy your mileage on your car, on your electric vehicle because it has its own. Because it's not necessarily a load on. It's going to have its own. Uh, I thought that was like, that's crazy. So like, how, how do they intertwine there's a well. It has this traditional connector. What? Like you mean the the the? It has the traditional connector. I, I understand that, but how does it match speed and no braking and? Yeah, I don't know. Unless it goes off, like when Science. you hit your brake brake pedals, it knows to apply its brakes. But it also has leveling built into it, so that it can make sure it adjusts and you don't have any weird off balance issues. Huh. But I thought it was cool. So they had so there was so there was both of those that it was the the E Stream and the Thor RV concept. Um, I thought that was a cool video, and this and this goes into more detail. So let's pop over before I get to that. So some history here. So the reason it's called Thor is Wade Thompson and Peter Orthwin. So the T H and the O R, the first two letters from both of their last names. That's where the Thor industry came up from. So they were founded in the 80, 1980. Um, when they, so they purchased Airstream in 1980, and they went wow. public in 1984. Because didn't Airstream like go out of business or something? So they must have bought the rights to it or whatever. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't know. I didn't know that any of this. 
41 yeah. years ago. Huh? August 29th, 1980. Huh. General coach. I'm older than Thor. And they've been making they've been making a bunch of acquisitions since then. But so let's jump into we'll talk a little bit about the Dutchman. So the Thor Vision vehicle. So this is like their their recreational vehicle. This is the one that's this is an RV. Like this is has its own engine motors. It's like fully can fully self contained, right? So three hundred mile range, powered by a high capacity battery pack and an integrated fuel cell which the fuel cell just runs to recharge the batteries, which I was like, you know, I was hoping they would, hopefully they can get to an all electric version where it doesn't require the fuel cell as the battery technology improves. But you got to think this thing's pretty freaking heavy, right? Oh yeah. Um, the Thor vision vehicle, the world's most capable recreational vehicle offers best in class design, digital cockpit, um, power management. So no matter where your journey, their digital tools will let you quickly see how many miles you have before your next charge. Let you charge the next charging. Let you find the next charging station and everything like that. Um, so it's like they have all these videos, right? So talking about range, like the, I'll show you the video here in a second. Like the inside, the inside of this thing. Look at this thing, like the LED lighting. It's so cute. So if you're, let's say you're camping uh, off grid for three days. Yep. Well, hopefully there's going to be. You think about with uh, Rivian, with Rivian and everything else coming. Like, hopefully, these sites will start offering charging for these kind of vehicles, right? I, I understand that, but if I drive out in the middle of nowhere, oh yeah, for three days, no, like this one doesn't have solar panels, but the I mean, is the, there a, the E-Stream does right? But is there an option that you could get solar panels? I on didn't it? see I mean, that, and but these are both still concepts, so. Here, let me play this video so you can see a little bit more detail about this one. Like, it's, it's pretty impressive. Like, it look like just the leap that they're making to everything digital. Um, look through the mirrors. See, like they have the, the 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 super thin mirrors because they're cameras. That one does have solar panels on it. I see them now. And I think they did mention that. I just. I think it's cool that like iPad. Wonder if that's a wonder if that's an M1 Mac he's using. (laughs) And they talk about their their software that they're going to use to help you navigate and everything like that. So here's the uh, that's the fuel cell. Huh. And it's cool. I don't know. I don't remember if this video is one of the other ones I got. I seen you because I went out to the YouTube page and seen. But that TV that he was looking at, the one on the left, pops up out of the counter, so it goes back down when you're not using it. There's two hundred grand. There it is. Well, I'm sure it is. It has Alexa built in, so Ooh. you can just tell Ooh. her to. There you go. Yep. Look at that. You see that? Nice. That's pretty the, cool. The, the, that the gla- pretty cool. That was, I thought that was cool. Mm. Gotta have those. Gotta have that RGB. What's What's hilarious is they said, <laughs> "Hello, Jones family." Yeah. So you're keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> I mean, it looks nice. It's It's definitely going to be perfect for when you're older, and it's just you in April because how, that's yeah. not big enough for a family. How no. big's the bed? I I don't know. Well, it's going to be nice and cozy, tight. And then the the other announcement was the E-Stream. So this is the Airstream electric concept, which I thought this one was, like, this was super cool because they all the things they show with this. Um, so, of course, it's all, it, this is all electric. There is no, um, it doesn't have to have a, a battery or a, 
um, a fuel cell because um, it's going to be towed. But the cool thing about it was that's one of the big things when you're if you have an EV, a truck, or an SUV, like an, a wire, or whatever, or even a Rivian. Like if you tow something, it just destroys your battery. So this has its own batteries and it has dual motors, so one for each wheel, so that it will assist as you're driving, so that it doesn't destroy your range on your car. Um, and it's like that's just that's in, it's ingenious, right? I mean, it's genius. It's like is that really the floor? They they just have that, so it's just like a because it's a concept, so you could see what was down there. Well, then that'd be cool if it was there all the time. I'm sure, you can maybe arrange that. But look at that interior! Um, wow, I just thought it was cool because let me let me I'll show you the like video. Seventies retro interior, right? Like the drivetrain and stuff being all electric. They because they were basically like once it was unhooked, you could maneuver it, and even when you're trying to put line it up to the trailer, like look at that. That is cool. That really is cool. Like, because it has its own, it has its, and it has stable, that's what, it has its own stabilization. So even though it's uh, hitched, it has, it's, it can stabilize itself. Um, Otherwise you wouldn't be able to move it like that without the, the, the hitch diving into the ground. Yeah. There's where it's talking about the assist. Hmm. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. She's using she who shall not be named. Looks comfy. That's like the best part right there. That's crazy. Yeah, until she hits the wrong button and it goes (laughs) in that little lake right there. It's got to have sensors so it doesn't kill itself. Yeah. Right? I would hope, but. Proximity sensors or something? East Street. Why didn't they have a one of the electric yaks out there? Electric yaks? Yeah. The heck's have you electric? seen no? kayaks? The electric kayaks? Oh, okay. You've seen those, haven't you? I just thought these were cool Why because... Why would you need an electric kayak? I thought a kayak was just... I guess if you get tired. No? Okay. What I if did... you want to fish out of your kayak? You can't <laughs> fish... <laughs> can't fish out of your kayak when you're going <laughs> I just thought it was super cool because we've been I mean we've been talking about electric stuff right. for two no, years no. like the buses the, 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 and everything, everything yeah. like everything's like if you don't if you don't think everything is transitioning to an electric vehicle you're wrong I'm sorry like come back at me in in, in five or ten years and 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 we'll talk about it but like it's it's happening whether you want it to or not. Mm-hmm. Everything is going electric. It's just it's just going to happen. I mean, when you when you talk about RVs and airplanes and scooters, like buses, it's gonna riding mowers, it's, trains, yeah. chainsaws. If you have any delusion that internal combustion engines are going to exist in the next ten or fifteen years, you're wrong. They'll still exist, you're wrong. but the, no one's going to be making them. No one's going to be making them. I don't think you're going to be able to buy an internal combustion engine in the next after the next ten years. I don't see. I don't see like Bugatti and Lamborghini, Ferrari going all electric anytime soon. I do. I see them adding electric for that versatility. I I think in ten years 
you will not be able to buy an internal combustion engine from from a manufa- car manufacturer. I just now, if you can, it'll be a very small subset. I think the majority of everything will be electric in ten years. Like we've 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 talked about it ad nauseum about the transition from ICE to EV and how a lot of people say it's going to be super slow. Like it's, you know, a lot of car manufacturers like Toyota, Toyota still is not even like, like you see Ford all in Hyundai, Mercedes, Mercedes, like Horsha. Anybody that's resisting in the, like in, in another two years, like anybody that's saying they're not going to do EVs, they're gonna be gone. God. They're gonna be in, in in within ten years. I disagree. I I hope you, I, I we'll see, but I I that is my prediction. You 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 have the the okay. Well, hold on. Think about the Think, technology and uh, batteries and charging uh, that are gonna come out in the next ten years. But and you ice, think about ice is not. There's no no innovation happening on the ice front. But think about the purest. The, the people that want that, I understand that, that but dead dinosaur fuel. I understand that part, and you will be able to get those aftermarket, I think. But I don't think you're going to be able to buy a brand-new vehicle from a car manufacturer after, you know, in, 20, in, in 2032 with an ICE engine. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I don't think it's going to exist. You heard it here, folks. I just don't. <laughs> I It'd mean, be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll see in ten years, I guess. But I just, I think the adoption is going to accelerate faster than anybody anticipated. Uh, Look at I, the adoption of everything else that was misrepresented for cell phones, for computers, for I don't know what else. I mean, like, I think it's, I think it's sorely underrepresented how fast EV adoption is going to happen. From Microsoft Dotcom. They have announced their intent to acquire Activision Blizzard to bring the joy and community of gaming to everyone across every device. Not that it's not kind of already there, but if you don't know what Activision Blizzard is, they have a, a huge franchise. A plethora. Um, talking about Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, StarCraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and many others. Um but they are a huge game uh, publishing company, and Microsoft has announced that they are going to buy them. So they're they will acquire them for ninety five dollars per share in an all cash transaction, which is valued at close to sixty nine billion dollars <laughs> cash. <laughs> so it isn't in this article, but I was reading some other uh, information as far as like the the other acquisitions that Microsoft has made. So to date, before this, their most expensive acquisition was LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They bought LinkedIn a few years ago. Do you remember how much that was for? Thirty-two billion. I think it was like twenty-one or twenty yeah. something. It was, it was like twenty low twenty twenty billion. So this is by far the largest acquisition they have ever made. For games. For games. Yeah. But you know, this article and many other articles go into the fact that like gaming is the fastest growing industry by far, the fastest growing medium for entertainment. But this also goes in line with 
like I didn't realize until you got that Xbox of the streaming games that you can you can just get because you're Game Pass. Yep. So I think this will just open up that variety even more between PC, computer, uh, cell phone. Yeah. And, and it's it's a great business. <laughs> computer, no. stop. Cancel. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i think that and we forgot to mute it this time <laughs> this will make them the third largest game publisher game company in the world the, well, the third the third who's the first so number two is sony because they have all the playstation titles that they produce so god of war um there's a lot of other exclusives that you're probably not thinking of sony is number two number one is tennyson Tennyson, Tennyson owns um, Riot, which is League of Legends. They own Robo- Roblox. Jeez. Um, they also own big stakes. Uh, uh, they own like 40% for, of Steam. Woo. Uh, so Valve, Steam. They own like, uh, they have a bunch of other, they own 5% of Activision Blizzard. Hmm. Um. So Tennyson is huge. Like, they own a lot of stuff. Who owns Halo? Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft does? Yep, yep. It's a Microsoft exclusive and a franchise for a part of Xbox from the beginning, right? Oh, okay. Um, so uh, what we don't know yet, because, you know, it's yet to, this, this has to go through the approval process and everything like that. Both of the the board of directors for Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have approved this, right? Or they wouldn't have announced it, but it still has to go through shareholder approval for anybody who owns shares of Activision Blizzard. And it has to go through, um, you know, approvals from, you know, the government and things like that. The, uh, you know, it's, it's not a done deal. So it will probably close sometime this year. We just don't know when. Uh, we have to go through all that profiles. The big thing I think about this, and you guys probably aren't aware of it, but Blizzard got in Blizzard Activision, which, um, you know, they combined, I don't know, five or six years ago, Blizzard used to be its own company. Activision was its own company. And then they combined together, or I think maybe Activision or I don't know which one bought what, but, um, they combined at some point. Blizzard has been in a lot of trouble the last six or seven months because there was rampant sexual harassment going on from uh, senior executives and things like that. People that have been in this company for since the founding for almost 40 years, 30, 40 years. And a lot of it was covered up. A lot of it was swept under the rug and it finally got big enough to where it came out and it, the, you know what just hit the fan. Wow. So one of the founders, one of the ones that's still there, Bobby uh, Kotick, I think is that Kotick Kotick. Um, he's one of the founding founding people from from Blizzard or Activision. I don't remember exactly, but so they they said he's going to stay on through the transition. But then I also seen articles of people that were inside the company that said as soon as the acquisition closes, he's gone. Hmm. Because he has had like 17 different people claim wow, <laughs> like misconduct, sexual harassment, whatever oh against him. Oh, my God. And, you know who I am. And he also 
knew about all these other things that were going on and didn't do anything about them. Hmm. So, like, I haven't played... I played Warcraft. I haven't played. I mean, I played Warcraft off and on for ten years, ever since it launched, but I haven't really played it in the last year plus. Wow! Wow! Ruined a lot of people's <laughs> lives. Um, but I also really like Diablo. I've played a heck of a lot of Diablo, Starcraft. I've played Overwatch. I've played Hearthstone. I've played Call Heroes of, Duty, of the Storm. Uh, I've played Call of Duty on and off. Candy Crush. Like you know, I've you know everybody's probably tried Candy Crush on their phone at one point or another. But I've been a huge Blizzard fan. I mean, I've got collectibles over there on the shelf. I've, I've, I've been. Well, you had that server blade. I had one of the original server blades from the original World of Warcraft servers. Like I, I, I mean, I've been a huge fan. And like to hear what was happening and that it wasn't being addressed and that it wasn't being taken care of, like it's a huge PR nightmare for them. So my, like I, I'm hopeful with Microsoft coming in and just taking over, they're going to clean house. They're going to clean house. They're going to hopefully turn them back around because there's a lot of games that they that they make that I like that they hopefully will continue developing. Mm. There's a lot of new stuff that they were supposedly working on that hopefully gets the attention and the people that, uh, it, that it needs to make them successful because, I mean, there's a lot of people who love this company, grew up with this company. They've been Did, playing these games for a long just, time. Didn't they just release a new World of Warcraft not too long ago? Or um, yeah, well, or? right. I mean, the newest one that came out is the one I was like early um, 21, I think. I don't remember exactly. It was like early 21 or maybe late 2020. But, yeah, I played that one on and off with a bunch of friends. At least the thing is like I always go back to it because there's a group of friends that we always go back and play together. And it, to me, it's, it's fun because I – I like playing with them. Like it's not so much about the game; it's about playing with the people that I've played this game with for ten years. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty. It was pretty. I was pretty, you know, distraught about all the stuff that was going on, and it's not just Blizzard, Activision, or Activision Blizzard or whatever. Like this is uh, an issue that's been in the gaming industry with all of these big publishers for a while, and honestly, a lot of companies outside of the gaming industry. But it's being addressed. And I'm hopeful that Microsoft will – I mean, Microsoft is huge. Like, Xbox is a huge part of the Microsoft portfolio. And Blizzard Activision will report to um, the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, which is the guy – one of the guys, Phil Spencer. He's one of the ones who started Xbox. And he's part of – and he is Microsoft Gaming. And for a, lot of, for a long time, they were focused a lot on just Xbox. But now uh, they've been focused more on PC with Windows 10 uh, coming out, and and most recently Windows with the um, and now Windows 11, yeah. And most recently they they've updated their Game Pass, which was just an Xbox thing, to uh, now include PC games if you have like the highest level version of that. Mm. So for like 15 bucks a month, you get access to over 100 different games. Many of them you can play on either Xbox or PC. And one of the things they've mentioned is that they're going to bring this portfolio and and bring it into the Game Pass universe. So if you want to play World of Warcraft, it's $15 a month. Hmm. Plus, if they come out with a new expansion, you have to buy that every year or two years or whatever. So if they include that and, you know, they make that subscription part of that, like that'll be – that almost – that pays for itself right there. Hmm. 
not including all the other games that they may have. So right. I don't know if that's going to happen for sure, but we'll see. And didn't didn't they say they're going to do a cell phone part of it too, so, where you could play? So games um, Blizzard has been developing a Diablo mobile Diablo game called Diablo Immortal for a couple well, of years now. I was talking now. about the the, the Microsoft itself. Yeah. So there are a bunch of games that are a part of Game Pass now that you can stream to any device. Okay. Mm. So in, there's been other streaming services that, that have been around for a while, but that, you know, you got to have good bandwidth. you got to have the technology that can do it so that it's, you know, a good experience, right? And I've done it on my Xbox where I don't even have to download the game. I can just stream it from their platform, and it looks just like it was a downloaded, installed game. Wow. Um, so I think we're going to see more and more of that. Now we're going to have all of these games that are going to be a part of that. So... And they talk about who, you know, this says mobile is the largest segment in gaming. Nearly 95% of all players globally enjoy games on mobile. I don't play, I don't really play mobile games. I mean, I just, I'd rather play it on the PC or the Xbox. I, that I'm part of that 5% that doesn't, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I think these franchises, like, that I've been playing for 10, 15 years, like, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to find out what happens once this happens and like, and I, and I, the day they get rid of Bobby Kotick, I will be praising that because this guy, knowing what he's known and he hasn't done anything about it until it became so public that he couldn't ignore it anymore is just wrong. Like it's so toxic. Right. And I hope that uh, this fixes it. It's going to take a while. I mean, I mean, if you look at their, the numbers for World of Warcraft and just the numbers for people playing Blizzard games, it has been crushed since this happened in the mm -hmm. last six, seven months. So hopefully this fixes it because all of the people at Blizzard working on these games don't deserve this. Like they have poured their blood, sweat, and tears into these games and they make some of the they make some of the best games that are out there. Um <laughs> and hopefully this turns it around because they don't deserve to be remembered as the company that went under because their stupid ass CEO didn't want to address the problems that were happening. Right. Thank you for joining us for episode 39. Our Make last time in the thirties. Uh, last time we'll see that three in the beginning for a while. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Um, please check out DWBshow.com for all of our links. So TikTok and everything else you can follow us and see content on there as well. And we will see you again in two weeks. Two weeks. Two Later. Weeks.